Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hi, and uh, welcome. It's a Thursday, Laurie and Julia show. My Talk 1071, everything entertainment. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. The calendar does not say middle of January. But you would think it would be, since tonight's low temperature is going to be a balmy 12 degrees. Give me a break. Hello. The wind was shifted today. The, all the Nash, all the morning news shows had a, a nationwide weather woody showing the Midwest. Arctic, and it's bla- Arctic, Arctic blast. Arctic blast. Yes, it was the lead story uh-huh. on GMA. It really was. Well, the headline now is record low temperatures on the way for the Northeast this weekend. Well, yeah. Icy I'm, cold. It, it does feel really cold. We're not used to it yet. No, we no, haven't no. been broken into winter yet. It's all right. It's going to go back to 40s next week. So. Is it really? Yeah. Uh, Saturday 41, I think. Yeah, so that's good. Yeah, absolutely. And There's uh, a big football game in town on Saturday. Outside. Yeah, TCF Nebraska is coming up here against the Gophers. Well, there you go. Uh huh. Two teams that are doing horribly. Are they? Yeah, Horrible much, uh, are going to play each other. Yeah. Oh, boy. There will be a victor. There mm-hmm. always is. Yeah. So, well, there um, could be a tie. Oh, no, they can't in college. They have overtime. No, yeah. yeah. Um, by the way, if you were in Vegas yesterday or the day before or the day before that or the day before that and you were staying at the Cosmopolitan, did you see O.J. Simpson in the lobby? That's apparently where he's been staying. At the Cosmo? At the Cosmopolitan Hotel, but he was booted. From from prison to the Cosmo. Cosmo. He was booted from the hotel last night after getting wasted and then being extremely unruly. He could be breaking his his probation. Well... He's been frequenting all the Vegas bars since he got out of prison. And around midnight last night, he became drunk and disruptive at the Click Bar. He was angry. He broke some glasses, oh, and um, uh, he's been permanently banned from the Cosmopolitan. Wow, uh-huh. that's something. And then uh, I don't understand what type of a probation he is on the because he's been out and well, he's, he's role, supposed right? to watch his drinking. He's not supposed to get in trouble. So this is not good that this is happening. <laughs> that, the combo of both of them. No, mm-hmm. he's on the. A watch list now yeah. at the Cosmo and all those properties, probably. Yeah, and then a little bit of good news uh, for Bernie Madoff. Uh, you know the people who got uh, frauded from his Ponzi scheme. Oh, really? Scheme. What happened? Well, tell me. Uh, the Madoff Victim Victim Fund, which was established by the Department of Justice, will dish out seven hundred and seventy-two million dollars forfeited to the government to more than twenty-four thousand people worldwide. It's the first in a series. Of payments and eventually more than nine billion 
will be returned to people. And the Manhattan U.S. attorney said it is the single largest distribution of forfeited funds in the department's history, the $770 million. That's awesome. Oh. And, of course, he's uh, 150 years in jail for mm-hmm. what uh, year is he on 11 10? federal felonies for he's, his he's not getting out he's never getting no out. he's never getting out that anyway. is that's really great yeah, that's so, great news so that is good yes and then uh the cmas um did you watch country music i watched the uh no no you didn't okay. how about that no okay. <laughs> i can't even tell I watched the, well, then, no. okay <laughs> would I you like it. a recap because lara from laura Sp- uh, spencer from gma she loves going to the CMA, she covers it. She always broadcasts from a rooftop, like I above footsies. Who wouldn't love that gig? I know, That's I know. a fun one. It looks like fun. She really had fun on the red carpet. But here's here's Lara's recap of the CMA. In case uh, you didn't see any of it, and a little bit later in the show, we're going to be playing some of the performances. From the star-studded opening number. tribute honoring those killed at the country music festival in las vegas the 51st annual country music awards was packed with emotion this has been a year marked by tragedy this year's show is dedicated to all those we've lost and all of those who are still healing. How's it feeling today, given everything that the country music community has gone through you know, of late? It, it feels regular. Can I say that? Because in our country music community, this is what we do. If we have tragedy, the light shines through on it. And uh, just proud of these guys. And while there were many somber moments, the CMA has given us some guidelines with specific topics to avoid. Host Carrie Underwood and Brad Paisley didn't shy away from the laughter or the politics. In this, their 10th year hosting country music's biggest night. And it's fun to watch, yeah, that's for sure to little. Rocket Man starts a nuclear war and then maybe next time he'll think before he tweets. Keith Urban taking center stage with his new single, Female. The song making headlines after one of its writers revealing it was written in response to mounting allegations against movie mogul Harvey Weinstein. An inspiration Urban said he wasn't aware of when he recorded the song. Female. When I heard the song, I knew nothing about its backstory, and I don't think that is needed for the song. I think there's a the song for me was far more celebratory than anything else. So that's what really moved me. But the CMAs was also a celebration with show-stopping performances, crossovers. That's pink. Back to playing Bobby's in my room. And big winners. Garth Brooks! And taking home the biggest award of the night, Garth Brooks, the entertainer of the year, nailing the sentiment of the night. I love you guys. We're a family. Uh, and that kind of was the theme throughout the night yeah, I was it, reading. It really We're was. family. We posted the fashion. Uh, Carrie Underwood, the, what she walked the red carpet in, this blue gown was just spectacular. I'm so in love with sleeves. The sleeves do everything because it was like a sweetheart scoop neck and then long, beautiful sleeves into like a beautiful blue 
Oh, it was like an Aztec blue. She changed 11 times last night. She always does. She's so stunning. Her dress was so heavy when she sang in Miranum. In memoriam. Uh, Yeah, thank Mm -hmm. you. What did I call it? Miranda? Miranda. That's that's him in memoriam and something else. In a memo. Thank you. (laughs) With a dumb. Um, But while she was singing um, behind her, they flashed the photos of the 58 people that died in the Las Vegas shooting. Well, they also did all of the people that all the other died, people. Right. the artists. And apparently um, when the cameras went off afterwards, she um, wiped tears from her face and stood for a moment to collect herself before she stepped off the platform. How could she move in that gown? Well, her dress was, was so big um, that she had to hike it all the way up to her knees and kneel down pretty low to step off. Yeah, that was a spectacular um, dress. From Handler. She's... She's lovely. How about uh, our guy uh, Keith Urban winning for single of the year for Blue? Did yeah. he win? He won oh, for he Blue. Win yeah. Yeah. No, you're singing the wrong song. Looks okay, good that's, on. No, that's that's the Leanne. That's the Leanne Rhymes. No, Donnie but will play. I know which one. For us, it's not but your it's, color. It's Blue ain't your color. It's Blue. Uh, yeah, I said not. I can't see you over oh, there staring at your drink, watching that ice sink all alone tonight. Mm. And chances are you're sitting here in this bar because he ain't gonna treat you right. We gotta go, I know, but he won for that, Drew. You got single of the year. And he won two songs in a row at two country things. Yeah, yay, yay, Keith Urban. And he looked fantastic when you look at the fashions. I mean, he really stepped up his game while Nicole Marie was in China. Oh, must be doing a movie premiere. Mm -hmm. All right, we come back. It's our story we can't get enough of. This is the Lori and Julia show with producer Donnie Love on My Talk 1071. Everything entertainment. Fits in the tantrums. My and people, let me hear your hand <laughs> I know it. Okay, so one of the this morning, it was just in a monumental and unprecedented and an expensive move. Ridley Scott has decided to take Kevin Spacey. From his finished movie, All the Money in the World, which is about J. Paul Getty and the story of the 1973 kidnapping of his grandson. And they will reshoot it with Christopher Plummer and the whole cast and crew. Everybody agreed on this. Mark Wahlberg and Michelle Williams play this Mark Wahlberg, I think, plays an FBI guy. And Michelle Williams plays the The mom uh, of the mother. Yep. So I guess Kevin Spacey, it took him like, it was an eight to 10 day shoot for him. A lot of makeup to play an 80 year old. A lot of prosthetics and a lot of different locations during the shoot. So they're going to have to, you know, they're pulling Kevin Spacey from, I mean, I've never heard of this happening. No, I no, think. I've, I mean, you've heard of it sometimes when uh, somebody a cast dies. member dies yes. and they'll put in a, a lookalike or yes. that sort right. of thing. But so the thing about this is the film is being released December 22nd. Yeah, here, I think we've got the, I think we'll have some of this in this Today Show audio because they (laughs) did lead with this story, not the weather. Actually, I think it was President Trump in China was the first story. And then this GMA was the weather, President Trump in China. Always interesting just to see what they lead with. But anyway, here we go. So this does go right into that interview with the woman, of the the mother of, did you want that? Oh, no, give us the Kevin Spacey. Okay, that's just a little bit of it. Here we go. Overnight, Kevin Spacey dropped from his upcoming movie, All the Money in the World. Sony confirming they'll reshoot his scenes in the film, set to hit theaters in a few weeks. He'll be replaced by veteran actor Christopher Plummer. Yet another blow for Spacey on his quick fall from the top of Hollywood's A-list. Shame on you for... 
Oh, this is when it goes into the interview. Okay, with so okay. that's the woman who the news anchor who said, you know, that Kevin Spacey had groped her teenage son. She did right. a press conference yesterday. But the thing about this is, so they're replacing Kevin Spacey with Christopher Plummer, who is an old man who looks. Why didn't he get cast in the first well, place? He has replied now. He's um, talked about it, and he said um, he wasn't expecting to go to Europe next week for the shoots for the reshoots of the Kevin Spacey scene for all the money in the world. Um, and that they all decided to reshoot it because there are so many people involved in this movie. They did not want it to be stained by the Kevin Spacey stain. And so he said he got the news a few days ago. And oddly enough, he had been up for the role for billionaire J. Paul Getty. I bet they wish they just settled on oh, him because yeah. he's such Einstein. a great actor. Mm-hmm. Well, right. And, and Kevin Spacey had to spend so much time. He's unrecognizable. I've seen the original trailer Same. for this. Yes. We posted it, oh, right? Yes. Yeah. He, you would never know it was Kevin Spacey, but this movie, Ridley Scott, is determined that December 22nd is still going to be the wide release date. Because he has stopped a lot of other projects for this to come out at this time. Wow. So Mark Wahlberg, like you said, and Michelle Williams and the rest of the crew have unanimously agreed to go right now and start the reshoots. Mm. Mm. Lord knows. I mean, it's kind of interesting because so many movies, that, you know, take into consideration your hairstyle, yeah. the color of your hair, right. what you're doing, you know. But Well, they took care of control of the narrative because mm-hmm. uh, Ridley Scott is a maverick when it comes to filmmaking. Yeah. He's phenomenal. So. Yeah. And he didn't shrink under the pressure to restage the key scenes because J. Paul Getty is the rich oil man who refused to pay a ransom for his grandson right. after he was kidnapped in Rome. Yeah. And waited to get the year. And yeah. You know why he wants December 22nd, don't you? Why? It's got to be before the end of the year for Oscar consideration. Uh, there you go. Yeah. So the movie um, looked good, even. I no, mean, the movie looks really good. good. Um, it always, it, it, it did seem when I saw the thing and the trailer, he had so much. Makeup on, a fake nose, the hair. I'm like, it does strike you as odd that a 59-year-old was hired to play an 80-year-old. Right. But anyway, I mean, I think we should applaud Ridley Scott here and the rest of the cast. Well, for doing it, I agree. Mm -hmm. This is not, you know... To completely replace him, that's bold. I think so. And and Christopher Plummer's reaction, though, was about replacing Kevin Spacey, was that... Um, it's sad. I'm sorry because Kevin is a very talented guy and I admire him enormously as an actor. Mm. As an actor. Yeah. 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 Mm. That's the caveat on that one. Remember Christopher Plummer when you came down the red carpet <laughs> oh, towards boy. us and we were not allowed to ask him anything about being <laughs> the sound of music. Sound of music. His granddaughter said, shushed us. The hills are alive. <laughs> <laughs> Edelweiss. I mean, he really, she's like, he doesn't like it. Did we we talk to him we for ta- a second? Because he's just... He was lovely. Yeah, and I never saw... All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms and you can also find it on uappodcast.com i'm bradley trainer and i'm don mcclain we have a podcast called blinded by the item a blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out it's a guessing game and you can play along the item might be like this a-list star carries a birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out 
pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. That movie that he was even nominated for, nominated for the uh, Ford movie. Um, well, no. He, Tom Ford movie. Yeah, but he was also nominated the year that Helen Mirren... He played like Tolstoy, and they were yes. on the train. Oh, good lord! Uh, you know, <laughs> I saw that. It one. was kind of a slow a period movie, yeah. Yeah. but he played. Uh, it was a you know he played Tolstoy. He was a couple times, but yeah, his granddaughter shushed us and said, "Don't bring it up. Don't do it." Uh, well, I haven't had a chance to read this uh, New York Times story about Louis C.K., but our boss, B. Arthur, who always loved watching Louis, right? Which I never got Ever. into that show. No, me neither. She said, though, the one thing about his humor, he, she said, in his stand-up and his TV show, he's obsessed with masturbating. Ooh. As a theme. Yes, He's as always a theme. talking about it. Well, right. now it comes out in this New York Times story that that's what he liked doing. Right. In front of people. Five women have come forward. Yeah, which is it's so shocking. And his I mean, movie was supposed to be released tonight. Yes. Yeah, New York well, that City, movie sounds terrible. It does, but he was, he wrote it. He directed it. He acted in it. And I it's love called, you, Daddy. It sounds just terrible, but they canceled... It from premiering tonight in New York City. And I bet it doesn't even go into the movie theaters. Well, yeah, probably not. Mm-mm. I mean, the premise of the movie is John Malkovich, who's 63, dating CK's 17-year-old daughter in the movie played by Chloe Grace Moretz, mm. which is just so gross. Mm. It's so We, we can agree on that. Yeah, one. it's yep. just completely gross. And, and it's weird because um, there's been a ton of rumors following Louis CK around for years, apparently, and Roseanne Barr said... In a 2016 interview with the Daily Beast that she was speaking up about claims and stories she'd heard from people over the years about incidents of abuse before naming one person in a bombshell of an allegation. And she said it's Louis C.K. Locking the door and masturbating in front of women, comics and writer. I can't tell you I've heard so many stories, not just him, but all of them. And it's just par for the course, the crap women have to put up with. Whoa. Well, women are speaking up, and we so applaud every, yes, and we applaud every single damn one of them. Absolutely. Julia, when we come back, we've got, we've got a really good book. We've got a really good book, everyone. And a Minnesota author. Yeah, Things I'm Seeing Without You by Peter Bagnani. Donnie, you'll have to ask him if we're pronouncing yeah, his I, name I, right. We'll All right, that. we'll be right back. My- Thanks for hanging out with us. Donnie is tracking down our our author, Peter Bagnani, or Bagnini. I think it's Bagnini. Bagnini, who is a professor. Bagnini. Bagnini, and he's a professor at McAllister, so maybe he's running late teaching English. And this is his second book that we just read, Things I'm Seeing Without You. And someone was nice enough last week, a shout-out to Deborah. Uh, She said, um, Peter, also his first novel is called The House of Tomorrow, which Mm -hmm. is a movie they filmed in Minnesota last summer. With Maud Apatow, Judd and uh, Leslie Mann's daughter. Right. And Ellen Bernstein. And Peter and his wife have a cameo in the movie. And House of Tomorrow is coming out for a 2018 release. But it has played the film festival. I mean, his first oh book became a gosh. movie. Oh, my gosh. What is the chance on that again? 
Did one in say, 500 million. Really I mean, yeah. One be in made so, a movie. Yeah. And so anyway, Donnie is uh, trying to get a hold of him. and Maybe uh, he's surprising us and coming in studio because oh, we, we're so close to McAllister. I love this book so I much. Know. And it was an accidental young adult novel. He thought it was his second novel. And all the people he gave to read it, he they said uh, the protagonist is not the dad, it's the daughter. Right. So, anyway, while we're, we're tracking him down. Yeah, I just talked to the publicist. She is going to call him and Okay, say, so then let's oh. do, right. let's do our CMA. Um, let's get back on the CMA, okay. and we'll just talk to Peter in the next break. Because yeah. um, it was kind of surprising. Uh, you know, the CMAs had been told by the Country Music Association, you know, that there's an actual association with the board and everything to stay away from all things political. Right. And that really got the country people. It's not, they they, they don't usually get too political, but they were like, you're not going to tell us what we can talk about. So, Absolutely. Uh, let's play the very first cut, Donnie, where they talk about not being able to do political songs. I thought this was just the right tone to take. It's like, okay, you tell us what not to talk about. We're going to talk about it first. Now, Brad, I don't know if you've heard about this, but the CMA has given us some guidelines with specific topics to avoid. So we can't be doing any of our silly little songs because this year's show is a politics-free zone. Are you kidding me? That's not fair. Hold on. So we can't even do like... Well, way down yonder on the Scaramucci. That no. doesn't work? No. <laughs> no Scaramucci, Brad. No. What, what, what about like, well, she's gone, gone, gone. No. Gone, gone, gone. <laughs> uh-uh. Oh, no, she wrote a memoir, Hillary's back. <laughs> Can't do it? Creative, but no. Mm-mm. So that means like no more Hold Me Closer, Bernie Sanders. No. Can't do it. No Harbor Valley DNC. Nope. <laughs> not even stand by your Manafort? Definitely not. <laughs> it was they're, so they're good. Funny. Yeah, they're, it was so good. So I loved I thought that was absolutely the right tone to take. And then, of course, uh, they ended up diving right into politics. Anyway, they always do this. They take a song and change the lyrics. Yes. And they do it to Carrie Underwood's Before He Cheats. Uh, let's And they, they changed it to Before He Tweets. Here we go. Right now, he's probably in his PJs, watching cable news, reaching for his cell phone. Really? Right now, he's probably asking Siri, how in the hell do you spell Pocahontas? (laughs) Well, here we go. In the middle of the night, from the privacy of a gold-plated White House toilet seat, he writes, Little Bob Corker, NFL, and Kofi. Kofi! Kofi? Kofi? Kofi. 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 Thank you. And it's fun to watch, yeah, that's for sure, till little Rocket Man starts a nuclear war, and then maybe next time he'll think before he tweets. Very good. Very clever. Very clever, and they never get political like that, and it was only because they were told not to do politics, I think they decided to go into it, and then... um, you know, um, the performance that I thought was really, I, I guess I just love Little Big Town. I love their voices together. Yeah. The brunette was wearing the 
uh, YSL studded boots that, that uh, you and I have been obsessing over. You've been obsessing more oh, than I am because you've actually Googled them and found out that the real ones are ten thousand dollars. But they, I know it, Donnie. Can you believe it? But they performed Wichita Lineman in honor of Glenn Campbell. If we could just play a little of that, Donnie. Yep. I hear you singing in the wild. And Jimmy Webb, I think, who wrote the song, was he accompanying them on piano? Did I see? Was that the old guy I saw on piano? It's possible. Um, Because he wrote that song. And I mean, wasn't that beautiful? Beautiful. Beautiful. And then Pink, um, she sang her song Barbies from her latest album. And it was, we've got a little of it. It was really beautiful. Okay. She's I don't such know why she was singer. there at the I don't CMAs, either. That's but what it I wanted was to ask. Lovely that she was there because you know it's a very country sonic song. Well, really, yes. and I she guess. walked the red carpet with her daughter Willow, and they both had on tulle dresses. We posted it on the Lori and Julia show it's page. Amazing, absolutely it, beautiful. And then the big because song Pink went, never. She doesn't usually go, go feminine. Yes. And, you know, I loved how punk pretty she looked. Yeah, I love it. Foo-foo is the right thing. Yeah, yeah it was really, mm-hmm. it was just lovely. And Miranda Lambert uh, sang To Learn Her. And then it opened, the show opened with Darius Rucker, Keith Urban, Lady Antebellum. Basically, everybody's singing Hold My Hand at I the beginning. That. Yes, that was really cool. Yeah, it really was. And then, um, you know, Garth Brooks, he won Entertainer of the Year. But when he performed, he lip-synced. And people were yelling at him on Twitter, and he just said the voice isn't what it used to be. I don't know if well, he had no, something here, going no, on. No, he's on tour right now. He has 12 concerts in 10 days, days. Yeah, not 10 that. concerts in 12 days. And we just made a call. We're not going to sound good. Yeah, okay, got it. And I love that he just owned it. And mm-hmm. from him, who cares? You know he can sing. Right. You know, but it's the lip syncers, the other people that lip sync that, you know, don't. Can't ha- sing. Right. Yeah. yeah. And T- Tyler Perry came out and pay- they were paying tribute to Charlie Pride. And he said, now is the time we have to all find some common ground. So they had some, you know, different people that we don't usually, you know, see. And then, you know, Carrie Underwood singing in the In Memoriam song. I recognize that. I From church. From church. Like I a, totally like do. Sunday it was a gospel school. Ba- like a gospel Sunday, song. Like that yes. was a school we, a song we sang in Sunday school. 100% Laurie. And then Keith Urban had his new song premiere, Female. I don't know if we have enough time now to uh, listen. You we know, can play we, a little of it. We can. and We, are, we do have our, our, our author is going to be okay, good. in the All next right. segment. But here is Keith Urban, his new song. It, it got a lot of hilarious tweets. People were either taking a hard pass on this or uh, they were loving it. Right. Okay. One or the other. You somebody, see somebody, it's like a girl. 
stage and his hair is very dark and, and they very had the words shaggy. on a black screen yeah, behind him the words came I mean, up and I liked white. it i do too but a lot of people on twitter did we love didn't, him didn't like it yeah, yeah. and all the right. fashions are all posted like you said some people need to get away from the sheer um dresses from the waist down where they're just wearing granny panties we, i'm not attracted how to this have we been saying this Julia? we're not attracted anymore we put really, on a dress we really are not by the way go naked or, or put or on some clothes keith urban uh, that song is also posted on uh the my talk homepage and when we come back we are going to talk to our author peter bug <laughs> you're not you're close bagnani bonyani bonyani old silent of course oh, bonyani about his uh book things i'm seeing without you which is a it's a young adult novel but i to me it was just a great novel it, yeah we'll be right back Hey everybody, thanks for hanging out with us. Oh my gosh, so excited to have Peter Bagnani on the phone with us. Hi, Peter. Hi, Peter. Hi, how are Hi. you guys doing? We are good. A big shout out to Lori Herzl. We read the story that uh, she had profiled you, the accidental young adult novel with your latest, uh, your second book, Things I'm Seeing Without You, which we read and just, it was so sweet and sad and funny all at the same time. Thank you. Really wonderful. Oh, thank you. Thank you for reading. I'm really glad you enjoyed it. Oh, and you know, I will say, Peter, um, for me, there was a poignancy to the novel because I have lost a nephew to suicide just uh-huh. a year ago. And um, I don't know. It was, I guess it made me realize with, and we're going to have you give the setup of the book, but it just kind of, there's a lot of young people in my nephew's life because he was 20 and it just made me think about them and maybe how, how they they're processing with- all of this. And so it was very, yeah. I don't know, it, that also struck me. Yeah, I'm glad that part resonated with you. I feel like it's a, it's a serious issue and it's one that like a lot of people have dealt with. And but We don't at, talk at the, about at it. At the same time, right, we don't. Mm-mm. We don't talk about it that much. So give so, us yeah. the setup of things I'm seeing without you. Okay, so the book is the story of Tess Fowler, who's a 17-year-old girl. Um, at the beginning of the book, she's in an online relationship. It's kind of the first romantic relationship that she's really been in. Mm-hmm. And she finds out relatively early on that the boy who she has been talking to online has died. Mm-hmm. And she has to figure out over the course of the book whether she actually ever really knew him. And while she's doing this, she goes home to stay with her father, who she's been a little estranged from. And he is kind of starting a quirky uh, funeral business <laughs> where he will blast your ashes into outer space. Mm-hmm. He will bury your prized racehorse, basically anything he can do to make a buck. And so the book um, is about Tess trying to figure out um, what happened with this online relationship, but also reconnecting with her father and trying to help him move his funeral business in a more meaningful direction. And it's sweet and sad and, and, the funny. Sa- and, and funny, funny at the same time. And, and the idea of digital grief is mm-hmm. really 
an interesting concept because you talked about your own personal. Well, I read something that you had a personal experience yeah. with it. I did, yeah. So somebody that I knew uh, only online. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't a, a romantic relationship the way it, it is in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a friendship in my case. But it was somebody that I that I knew who was a fan of my first book and was a kind of aspiring writer. And um, we didn't know each other really well, kind of exchanged some messages, but then we sort of do what you do on social media, which is you sort of like follow that person's kind of curated version of their life. Um, But then I I found out one day when I was just on Facebook that she had um, committed suicide and a whole sort of rift opened up where I was thinking to myself, like, I really knew very little about this person. And there was another side to them Mm -hmm. that they didn't put online, that they didn't put on social media, Um, I think probably because of the stigma of kind of talking openly about mental health. Right. And um, I didn't end up writing about it until like two years later, but it was an experience that sort of stuck with me. Um, And what a kind of, it was very sad, but it was also a little surreal kind of not knowing whether I, I had kind of known the actual version of that person. Right. What, what, in writing, you know, because in the Lori Herzl's story, uh, you know, she writes that when you completed a draft of this book, which you thought was just your second novel, everyone uh-huh. basically told you the protagonist is Tess. It's the girl, not the father. <laughs> I mean, were right. you... Because I there I don't know why we say that there can oh it's a young adult novel I mean a good book is a good book is a good book and Catcher in the Rye I guess would be considered a young adult novel today (laughs) if it was put out and it's classic it's true you know it's a pretty big um, there's a pretty big gray area there I think for me the decision I I talked with my um, agent about it when he was sort of deciding like which direction we wanted to go with it. And I think one of the main factors for me was just like I wanted young people to yes. find the story, you know, mm-hmm. yep. um, and I wanted people who were Tess's, Tess's age to be reading it because um, ad- adults, I think, read a fair amount of young adult books. Um, but it's sometimes it's harder for teenagers to find them if it's not shelved in that section. Yeah, and you know, I thought too, one of the things that really struck me after I finished reading the book, which did make me laugh and did make me cry, and I was so glad the end of the book was in Italy because I, I've been <laughs> in that part of Italy and, you know, Sicily. Oh, you have? Yes, and, uh, yeah. but it gave me some, maybe some insight that you forget as you get older how teenagers feel and I don't know how you're uh-huh. able to capture that voice of Tess yes. and the other boy but uh-huh. it really it really just sort of made me look at it through my teenage self and I appreciated yeah. that I guess that's great yeah I as far as writing a teenage voice goes um, <laughs> I mean I, I think there's like the usual comment which in this case is somewhat true which is that I've never really grown out of my teenage years there in like most ways <laughs> internally <laughs> I mean, I have, like, a mortgage and a kid, but, like, inside, I'm still kind of probably just that same, like, anxious and secure teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I teach um, at McAllister College, and I teach a lot of um, 18-year-olds. Right. Yeah. So, that I get came- a little bit, I, I cheated a little bit in that I sort of get to hear their voices all yes. day, and I kind of have them rattling around in my head. Um, I, I, I love that. And really, Things I'm Seeing Without You, it is, it's just, just such a, a great, great book. And that burlesque funeral, oh. there's a storyline. <laughs> that just made me so happy. And I just, that was that was brilliant. I don't know how you came up with that idea. <laughs> I, um, I don't even remember at this point. I think I was trying to think of, like, I was doing a lot of research on, like, what would be the oddest funerals that you could have. And I came across, like, a whole burlesque revival movement with like a lot of the women that used to do that in the golden age of Mm -hmm. it and they're all getting old so i was thinking well like that would be a 
that that would be an event. That would be quite um, a funeral. <laughs> but I hopefully, um, I was trying to write that in a way that made it seem like an empowering experience for the women who were involved. Yes. Like they had been told that they were not supposed to do this and they were kind of acting out, uh, you know, in their kind of in their golden years, uh, getting one last crack at it. I hope that's, I can't imagine. We Julie can and I are going to have a burlesque funeral. Oh, we we haven't even been dancers <laughs> yet. But well, That's on our bucket so you, list. Peter, you finished this book. We find out in an interview that you finished writing this book in, in Italy, in Rome. Did that yeah, help you uh-huh. with the ending of the book, or did you already know that you were going to do that ending? No, I didn't know. I was completely inspired by being there, and, and I came up with the whole, I don't want to give too much away, but the reason okay. they end up in Italy is something I sort of came up with while okay. I was there. They end up in Syrac- Syracusa, which is the place that I went when I was there, and I had never read anything that was set there before, and I was really um, incredibly charmed and, and interested in that. Yeah, it, oh. it, it does. You're like, oh, I would like to go to Syracuse. Um, and, you know, Peter, someone emailed us, Deborah Fiscus. I don't know if you know her. She uh-huh. said um, that your first book, House of, of Tomorrow, Tomorrow, is a movie that was filmed in Minnesota last summer with Maude Apatow and Ellen Bernstein, and you and your wife have a cameo. And I'm just wondering, <laughs> do you know when House of Tomorrow, when we'll see it? Um, I, so there's still kind of... I'm getting ready to put out the press release, and I can't scoop them. Okay, okay. Um, but but it's going to be coming sometime relatively soon in the new year. I can okay. tell you that much. That's so yeah. exciting. I mean, do you know yeah. how few books actually make it onto the big or small, small screen? screen? Yeah, it's no like kidding. Yeah, very yeah, few. This one took about um, six years to happen, just because it was a uh, it was a sort of um, labor of love. The director is an indie director, and it got a great cast, but it was relatively you know, small indie movie at heart. And so they were just trying for years and years to kind of get the funding. And then they got into the Sundance uh, director's lab. And after that, they sort of had an easier time of it. Okay. That's so cool. Yeah, well, yeah. now we want to read this book, know, House of Tomorrow, because our first book that we've read is Things I'm Seeing Without You. And we're hoping you're gonna, your plan is to keep writing. Yeah, I think um, I think I would keep doing it at this point, even if no one paid me. It's just like a part of my life. Um, you, I hope someone pays me, but if, I think they, so. if they don't, I'll still do it. Are you working on another book right now? I am. Um, I'm working on my second young adult book. Okay. Uh, I I kind of did a, a two book contract with my publisher for this one, okay. and um, it's about a bunch of misfit teenagers who are trying to save their neighborhood art house movie theater. Oh, I love it. Um, a little bit based on my own personal experience working for the Oak Street Cinema in um, Dinkytown mm-hmm. after college. And it's kind of about finding your first work family uh, as a teenager and kind of what that means. Oh, oh I and love I have it. such fun. It just brought back such fun. My first one was Highland Park Movie Theater. Mm hmm. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, just thinking about that. I was, I was Walgreens, the restaurant at the Miller Hill Mall, when Walgreens used to have a restaurant. And they were, oh they really God. are. You get so tight with that first group of yeah. friends that you work with as a yeah. teenager. It's so true. Yeah, I still remember all of them. It was a sort of motley crew. Um, oh, Peter. <laughs> the book is Things I'm Seeing Without You. We have a couple. Um, Thank you, Peter. Books. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. you. We're going to keep our eyes out for you. And again, yeah, Things I'm Seeing Without You. Call Donnie 